Hi, everyone. It's your podcast host, Jim Andrews, here with a reminder that the Ticket Manager Partner Summit is back. We'll be getting together in person on October 17th this year at the Times Center in New York City. This is a free, invitation-only event where hundreds of business leaders across the world's most influential brands in sports, sponsorship, live events, and ticketing gather to make great connections and share valuable information. Approved attendees enjoy exclusive networking events, insightful panels, and exciting celebrity speakers, all for free. Are you interested in attending? Just go to ticketmanager.com for details on how to apply. Welcome to Ticket Manager's All Access Interview Series, engaging leaders from across the sports marketing spectrum to identify and explore critical issues in the business of sports, entertainment, sponsorship, activation, ticketing, hospitality, and more. I'm your host, Jim Andrews. Joining me on this episode to discuss understanding fans, supporting sponsors, and delivering value to both is Jacob Gallagher, Chief Revenue Officer for the Charlotte Hornets. Welcome, Jacob, and thanks for joining us. Jim, thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here and and be a part of this. Great. Well, we're excited to have you. So I wanted to just start out because as a chief revenue officer, a CRO, you have responsibility for multiple revenue streams, but they all have a common element, and that, of course, is your fans. And I know that you and and the Hornets have done a lot of work the past few years to to really gain an understanding of those fans, their their lifetime value, their different customer journeys. Could you share some of the the, the steps that you've taken to be able to look holistically at your paying customers and and potential paying customers? No, absolutely. You know, I I started my career in in sports about 15 years ago as a a young ticket sales rep and, and quickly understood that from a business perspective, it, it really is all about the fans. You know, they are the engine that drives this machine. You know, once you kind of get that, you take things into a different perspective and you start looking at things in a different way. And, you know, for us, understanding who our fans were really started out so we could help improve our renewal numbers. It's no secret. You know, it's always easier to retain a customer than it is to find one, right? That's sales 101. (laughs) So we started building out these retention models based off of very specific data points. You know, how often they were coming to games and when they were coming to games and who they were affording their tickets to. I think we use some of that to, to build out some of these early models And a lot of those decisions that we got from those data points really revolved around how we would price our tickets the next, the following year. And I think over the last few years, at least, we've really started to look at it differently to where it wasn't solely just around our tickets. You know, before we would set our price at X because we knew the fan or a fan would buy that ticket. We started really asking ourselves, is this the best way to maximize revenue? And, and it probably was the best way to maximize ticket revenue, but was this 
the best way to maximize revenue for the organization. And, uh, you know, we started looking at what the true value of our fans and our customers and our, and our members were, you know, what were they spending at the concession stands, what additional tickets they were buying outside of their season ticket membership, whether that be group tickets or single game tickets or, or even arena shows or, or what they're spending in the box. I mean, at the uh, fan shop or on e-commerce. And we would look at that individual and start gathering that information and look at it in totality and then step back from the table and start asking ourselves, Hey, that 2% increase that we were going to, that we were going to put on that ticket. Yeah, we could probably make that up, but can we make up all the other revenue streams that this one customer is is bringing in? So it really is starting to shape the way that we look at how we renew and how we price our building. Because again, it's, it's, it's about the fan and you want to get the fan in and you want to have them embrace your brand and be there for a long time. And, and you want to make sure that you're, you're maximizing the efforts, the revenue efforts from, from your fans holistically and not just very one dimensional, which I feel like we definitely were to begin with. Yeah, and I think you're like a lot of sports organizations. Everybody's kind of in a in, in a different stage along that path in terms of getting to you know where we all need to be in terms of really having that that understanding and where we're comfortable where we can say we know who these folks are and, and and we know what they need. You and I talked earlier, and and you talked about one of the steps there was actually kind of building a, a CRM system almost from scratch, if I, if I remember correctly. We have a, a great business intelligence team that, that we brought in. And I think it, it, it spawned from that exactly. How can we price our building the right way? How can we, you know, get our, our fans to renew at a higher rate? But I think it morphed ultimately into just this, this, this data warehouse where we're just collecting all this information. And, and I think, well, I know our, our main goal our, here is to always improve the fan experience. Mm-hmm. And the more that we understand about our fans, the better we can deliver on that customer experience. And, and those fans are going to evolve and change. I think it's understanding the way they consume content, where they consume content, who their favorite players are, where they're buying their tickets, how they're buying their tickets, and really take all that in and then develop very deliberate strategic plans back out to those fans to where it seems very customized to them. And that's our ultimate goal. So understanding when a game goes on sale, who is buying in that first 48 hours and what tickets that they're buying and and when the downtimes are, what's the peaks and valleys of our sales cycles in between games And and knowing when to put the gas on and when to let it off on our marketing efforts, whether it be paid social or or our email marketing or digital, what messaging we're putting out there. And I think we've gotten a a great cadence on being very strategic on how we approach our fans and potential fans to offer them things that, that we feel like that they would be interested in at the right times. You know, the data is the one piece of it. You got to always have that gut instinct. Like you just can't always go off the numbers. Mm-hmm. You have to really understand, you know, the cause and effects of things as well. 
And that you get that by trial and error, learning, making mistakes. But I, I feel like we've come a long way in building our CRM platform out and, and really giving our, our, our reps and our leadership a tool to help them be successful at the end of the day. I, I like like ask a few people this question. I'm always curious. Any surprises to you as you as you built that out in terms of some of those fan profiles or, or the way they they interact? Any, anything there that you just didn't didn't expect? That's a good question. I think you know people get in habits, and, and I don't think that's that's surprising, right? You look at it. I, I do habits. I'm sure you have habits. But they get in these habits that you can almost help them assist in what they're looking for and provide them, you know, better information, better ticket packaging, better concession foods. Like you can really, by understanding that, you can build out what the organization is doing around these individuals. So I didn't, I guess the most surprising piece is, is really how much you can get in the weeds and how customizable you can make their experience. That, that would be the one thing for me. In a similar fashion you, to the way that I think all sports organizations are getting more sophisticated or, or more rigorous, however you want to put it, about the approach to, to engaging with fans, I think that same thing is happening with the approach to sponsors and corporate partners. What does that look like for, for the Hornets in terms of what you offer sponsors, how you support them? Yeah, I mean, I, I think you're right. And, and I think, you know, teams have, have got more sophisticated as well. The brands are definitely more and more sophisticated. You know, they, they, they want to receive the value, have very targeted demographics that they're trying to reach. Us as a team, uh, we have a very large fan base uh, and we have their attention of those demographics that those brands are looking to get in front of. And, you know, I would say besides some of that easy stuff of what are they eating and what are they drinking, what their likes and dislikes are to where you can easily go out and say, hey, you know, Coke, we have this many fans in the building. This is their favorite soft drink. I think that's the easy stuff. I think really where we've gotten better at and more sophisticated is understanding who they are and when they consume content and how they interact with the team, whether that be email, social, digital, you can truly build out a meaningful partnership that, and, and it has targeted metrics to help ensure that, that not only the brands are getting their message out, but they're getting it out at the very best times on, at the right, on the right platform to the right individuals. And, and that's what they want. And they, they, they want to get the best bang for their buck. And you have to understand who they are, what they're doing and when they're doing it. And if you can show that back to the, the brands, they're going to see the return and build their business in the way they want to. And I think that's where we've gotten a little better from, from a sports side. You still hear people talk about, well, is, is digital important uh, these days? And it, you know, to me, the answer is, well, well, of course it is, because that's where you get that kind of data back, right? That's where you can actually see what's working. You know, it's the, probably the biggest advantage of, of the digital content, among many advantages that it has. But um. no, I agree. I mean, I think 
you know, the, the days of the stick and ball sponsorship is evolving and changing. Like people love sign. I mean, there's still brands that love signage. They love the media. They love that. But I think, you know, they want to make sure that they're getting, getting the impressions that's going to be, make it worth the spend. And now just getting the attention of the fan is hard enough. So the signage just in the bowl isn't always working 100%. Like you have to find things to complement that that's really going to drive home. And, and I think it's it's interactive content. I think it is uh, community. There, there's so many other avenues and assets that, that brands are looking for. And, and it's really, too, understanding what that is that they're looking for, Um to, to be able to deliver that. But I, I think it's being very intentional and being able to come back and say, hey, we were able to get you this many impressions and for, for this asset that you were looking for to, to achieve your goal. And I, and I think it's from our end, we have to understand when people are engaging with our brand to help them do that. That kind of leads very well into, into my next question, which is, yeah, we're coming up to the to the end of 2020, which I think most of us are probably happy about, and uh, it means for you the be, the beginning of a new season coming up pretty shortly, which is of course unusual for for the NBA. But I want to do look look back at, at what happened in March when when it was kind of abruptly ended before picking back up in the bubble, and and talking about corporate partners again because you you and I talked and and I think you were joking when you said you had about 800 meetings right after that to decide okay how are we going to finish things out and and uh, make sure our sponsors are, are getting value even though we're, we're losing the last portion of, of of live games can you tell us about how those conversations and, and some of the outcomes of your of your efforts to kind of meet somewhere in the middle with your with your sponsors yeah no I, you know I did I was joking a little but I wasn't far off like <laughs> We had a, t- a ton of meetings with our partners and, and we had missed 10 home games and 17 games in total that we were trying to deliver value on. And, you know, I'm a firm believer to be successful and to be a great partner. You really need to be solution based. You have to have a solution based mentality and, and not just understanding your, your partner's goals and, and objectives, but also understanding those goals and objectives might change. And not just during the pandemic, but I think you should always be working with your partners and looking at their assets and, and see what's working and what's not working and, and be open to adjusting where you can to make sure that they're delivering the value. I think where we get caught up sometimes is just getting some set values or some assets and then setting them and forgetting them. And then you come back and and they might not have performed as well. So you have to really look at these things and work with the partner and say, hey, are you getting the value here? What what was your expectation? And, and be able to pivot on that where you can. It would have been easy for the brands to say probably, hey, yeah, just give us a refund. I think you know, we wanted to find solutions for that to, to understand where their priorities were at that time and, and how those have might have changed and how we can focus our efforts to help them still achieve their goals because they still had goals that they needed to meet. So we wanted to sit down with them and understand what their challenges were, what they were going through, and then how we could use our platforms to help you know, achieve success in those areas. And yeah, we had 
several, several meetings with each of our partners and back and forth. And, and we had great partners that were open to listening to us and, and having ideas. And I think to do that, you have to continue to bring great ideas to the table. And again, that's not me. I have a talented, talented team that spent countless hours of, of developing brand new assets out of thin air. And, you know, we found solutions with almost every partner to offset, you know, any potential lost revenue and really was able to come back whole from an organization as well as deliver new programs, campaigns, and assets to our brands that now we're looking to bring back to the upcoming season. Yeah, there, there have been so many negative things about 2020, but I think there's been some positives too in terms of those kind of lessons learned and, and things that we can take into the future and kind of, you know, being forced to be nimble and, and creative you know, is, is not often a bad thing. And I think it also shows, it certainly sounds like it did in your case, that the nature of these relationships, when they are positive, when they really are partnerships, that, you know, I haven't spoken to any sponsors who said, yeah, we just looked and said, hey, give us give us a refund. You know, everybody understood the other side's position. And we were all going through this together, to quote a phrase, and that willingness to say, look, I understand you know, where you are and what your what your needs and objectives are. And let's just make this work for, for both of us the best way we can. I think it's, it's it really shows kind of the kind of the power of, of these kind of partnerships, you know, where you wouldn't have that kind of dialogue necessarily. If we we're just talking about a media buy or something like that. So it's really, I think, shown a, a nice light on our industry. No, I agree. I mean, I think that's the biggest thing. And, and I mentioned we have great partners, but it was really, I, I echo what you say, like I've heard from several teams and colleagues that, you know, this was kind of the sentiment around, you know, the, all the sports teams and, and really everywhere. Everybody was going through this thing together and knew and no one had, had kind of experienced this before. So it, it was great to see everybody just kind of, you know, get on the same level and say, how can we help each other? Where, you know, it didn't have to be that way. And, and I agree with you. It goes back to having the relationships and and being able to build on those. And, and I know I talked a lot about data and data points, and those are good things to have. But the true thing that, that really drives this thing forward is the relationships that you forge within within any industry. But within our industry, it's it's with the fan. It's with the partners. I've always said I fell in love with what I do because I think that I can change the world through sport. You know, you bring people together um, from different walks of life with different views and different backgrounds. And, you know, you put them under one roof and, and they can have a common goal. And you have neighbors that high five each other. You have family members building memories together. And, and it's just this this unique opportunity where everybody there is is there for one common purpose. And, it, and it's hopefully to have a good time and, and, and enjoy themselves and build memories. And and that's the unique thing about sports that I love. Couldn't agree more. And um, Jacob, I want to say thank you so much because I know I'm, I'm getting you at, uh, at a busy time. You're getting, I can't imagine all the things you're doing to try and get ready for the, the upcoming uh, season, which is uh, going to be here before we know it. So I, I and appreciate you uh, taking a few minutes and, and talking about these things with us. Hopefully we'll get to do it uh, maybe even in person, but do it again at, at some point in 2021. 
No, I would enjoy that. And, and really appreciate you guys letting me be a part of this. Um, you know, it's, it's, we're excited about the upcoming year, but to be able to talk about it and share what's going on has it's been, you know, great. I've listened to a lot of these and learned a lot. So, you know, hopefully I can maybe give some insight to, to somebody, but, you know, really appreciate you having me on here and being a part of this thing. All right. Thanks so much, Jacob. And on behalf of everyone at Ticket Manager, thank all of you for watching and please join us again for the next episode in our all access interview series.